Expounded Universe, Season 23, Episode 3. Tarkin what they're given, cause I'm wormin' for a living. The book, Rogue Planet, by Greg Bear, in the year 2000. Chapters 5 through 9, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Hey everybody, welcome back to Expounded Universe, the uh, Star Wars novel discussion podcast where we discuss Star Wars novels every well, day. this must mean we're disgusting. That's right, we're disgusting these podcast novels. Great. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Podcast novels are what we call them. Hey, podcast novels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What a novel podcast. As soon as we start talking about them, they become podcast novels because they're featured on a fine podcast. Mm. We're mm-hmm. elevating the discourse. That's what we're doing. We're, we're discoursing. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I'm Jeff, and that's John. How you doing? Uh, good, great, fabulous. It's, uh, it's a nice time it's to nice be time. alive. Nice day to be here, nice and hot, getting nice. getting hotter. Good, good and good. Yep. And we are ready to talk some Star Wars after the following long series of rambling diversions. <laughs> Let's talk about anything else. I certainly would have loved, I swear, to talk about Star Wars today, but I can't, I just can't contractually we, obligated not to start there, the podcast there's right too, away there's too much other stuff we have to talk about right away have you seen the most interesting news have you seen this have you heard about this i have and i can't stand it i don't know where you stand right now ha who who's doing this i'm looking around and like hey who put this guy in charge <laughs> and then you got these guys over here like yeah and over there there's this other set of guys and they're like eh. And I'm here in the middle like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> I never asked for this. Yeah, anyway. I mean, I, I was thinking about talking about the Superman casting announcements and how they're fun and silly, but I don't really care. Yeah, That doesn't have anything to do with Star Wars. You got any Star Wars casting announcements? No, because Star Wars moves at a glacial pace because they fucked up so bad. Yeah, they fucked up real bad. The only announcements you get from Star Wars now are either, hey, we've got a project, or hey, that project is canceled. You're not seeing any of that announcement for a while because they're not going to be willing to give that little tiny percentage that the writers are asking for for forever. Yeah. So there's nothing new coming from Star Wars other than empty announcements of directors who will get movies that will never actually happen. But if you want those, sure, yeah. I recently heard that like three people like Dave Filoni and James Mangold are getting their own Star Wars movies in nebulous far off dates that aren't real. And none of those movies are actually going to happen except probably the Filoni one. (laughs) Because he's just a fucking Lucas Ranch lifer and will just hang around like a barnacle in a cowboy hat until he gets to make his fancy push all his action figures together movie hey i get it yeah if i was passionate enough about some sort of fandom and they were like hey you're in charge of it i would 100 percent be like oh you fucked up because i'm not leaving <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna live here on this ranch eat the organic vegetables you you let me in and that was your first mistake i'm sure he's doing great work for them he's made a lot of cartoons that they they seem to greatly enjoy so yeah. so good for him seems like a nice fella um but but yeah, he's probably the only one who's actually... It's just the latest round of Star Wars movie announcements, like that Obi-Wan movie, or that Boba Fett movie, or that uh, Rogue Squadron movie. There's been a lot of Star Wars movies, that are, or, or that whole trilogy they were going to give to the, the fucking Game of Thrones guys, or the whole fucking trilogy they were going to give to Ryan Johnson, or the whole 
two movies they were going to give to Taika Waititi. You know, all those movies that never existed. Why, why would I get excited about Star Wars news? Yeah. It's amazing to me because every time anything for Star Wars comes out and they're like, hey, we're doing a thing. I'm like, that's nice. Yeah, I'll wait until like three Disney uh, uh, expos from now when you announce it again and then I'll believe you. Oh, once they're like, hey, we have begun filming whatever, I'll yeah. go, cool. That's neat. But given that the D23 Expo, like, three years in a row featured Rangers of the New Republic as a thing to be excited about, and then they obviously canceled it because Gina Carano went and shit her own face, uh, it's just it's just that way. That the way it be at Star Wars. Sometimes it be that way. Yeah. It don't seem like it be that way. <laughs> but it do. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's, how, that's the Star Wars news. In old Star Wars news, uh, Chapter 5. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess I could talk about how I got the the uh, complimentary poster to my my beloved Ewok car- or uh, Marauders of Endor poster. Yeah, it's in the mail right now. It's wending through America's postal system, Ooh. and soon I will also have an original theatrical run Ewoks: The Caravan of Courage poster. Hell yeah! So I don't even know if that one had a theatrical run. That might be a TV movie poster. Might they, be. They did those in the eighties. So so it, it, that's that's what it. The eighties were a wild time. Per chance to dream, but it's an original. It's like a 40-year-old poster. Great. So. I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's exciting. It's going to decorate our expanding little garage studio space. Hooray. It's only expanding because I, I threw away a bunch of old garage shit to make room for an extra counter. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, I don't remember the order of the chapters. I'm going to be honest. There's We go back and forth. There's a lot of back and forth. I, yeah. So when last we left our heroes, Anakin had been properly admonished by Mace Windu and was seemingly going to be... Punished, perhaps even kicked out, when uh, we got our new Jedi who shows up out of nowhere. And it's just like, hey, stop it. Yeah, Thracia Cholim shows up. Yeah, and she's just like, hey, quit quit it. Let a kid be a kid. Let be nice to that boy. Take that kid to, like, Toys R Us. Where a kid can be a kid, and with a lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably will kill a bunch of the other kids eventually, but, you know, it's yeah. fine for now. For now. Yeah, so we open on her giving a... a Weird, seemingly uh, first-person account of her time training Verger, the uh, the Jedi that they are on their way to go find. Yeah, because she's just sort of talking. She's like, "Oh yeah, in my experience, Verger was was a, a, a rural juror and was <laughs> was an expert at uh, at all kinds of st- stuff and learned as quickly as you both did and was rad." Yeah, and we get a little hint that. Uh Ver, Vergier, Verger, Vergeri, Hamburger, Hamburger, uh, is some kind of non-human because they do say, uh, I trained her since she was hatched. Yeah, she's so, a bird, so she's a bird thing. I remember that from other, some kind of bird person. She's some sort of bird person from other bonus contents we have done. We have learned that she's some kind of bird. Have we? Yeah. I haven't learned anything. Oh, okay. That's what I'm you, still doing this show, so obviously I haven't learned anything. You've willfully forgotten. <laughs> You've willed yourself to forget because you might want to have kids someday. You can't know all this Star Wars crap. Yeah, I've got all this Star Wars clogging up my junk and now I can't shoot straight. (laughs) My swimmers are all fucked up on Star Wars knowledge. (laughs) They should be trying to find an egg and instead they're sitting there being like, I think Darth Gravid could defeat Darth Millennial. (laughs) Yeah, and then they're just like, nope. No kids for you. <laughs> we would rather not. Let's not spread this. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, she's just talking about how great Verger was, but how weird, uh, and how it's especially weird that she has not reached back yet. Yeah. 
they discuss exactly what's going on. Uh, Vergeer went out to look into the existence of a possible rumored planet. Uh, people have been saying that out in some system where they had done like surveys and stuff and all that they had found there were like little planetoids and chunks of asteroids and nothing living. Yeah, just an empty zone of space with little uninhabitable junk. Yeah, but there is rumors that there is some planet that is making like hyper-advanced single-person crafts. Yeah. And uh, you're we get, get a, a rating system here that is interesting. It's interesting largely because as we make our way through these four or five chapters, it will become very prevalent and make less sense every time anyone mentions any of it. It appears to be a scale that approaches towards zero. Yeah, the better, or I, I guess faster your ship is, the closer it gets to zero. So a, like a freighter or... Like a like a cruise liner or something is up in the like three or a four range. Yeah. If you're like, oh, I'm a heavy slow ship. Yeah. Then you're like a four. But if you're a f say a fighting craft or something that's like fast and maneuverable, you would be down around a one or maybe like a point eight if you're super cool. Yeah, we mentioned a point eight ship in a, in a future chapter in this episode. One of Sinar's ship designs is a point eight. But these ships, these ones from the mystery planet, are rated at potentially a point four, which is for everyone in these chapters absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah, everyone's like, "What? That can't possibly be right." Yeah. So I really want Anakin to just do kid brags and be like, "I heard about a point two once because my dad works at Starship Company." My my pod racer was rated at a point one, but mm. I wasn't allowed to race it because it was too good and it became illegal. It became illegal, and then I got called by the uh, by the Chancellor Valorum, and he said, "Oh, Anakin, you're too muscly to be part of the pod races anymore. Instead, you have to be a superhero and get a free race car bed." <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Vergeer was sent out to go look into these rumors mm -hmm. and apparently was able to send back enough of a message to at least say, hey, I found some planet. Yes. But that is all the information we get. Yeah, we get a garbled message that says like, there is definitely a planet here. It's populated by shit you've never seen before. Some it's kind of jungle planet. It's a covered in giant, super dense forest jungles. And there's like tree-based organisms all over the place and hyper-advanced factories in the woods that make starships and then it crackles out and you, they got nothing else. Yeah. So they are going to go try and retrace the steps of Vergeer and uh, Thracy is like, hey, you're going to go meet up with the ship captain that is the same captain that took Vergeer on her trip. And, uh, I trust this guy completely, and I... <laughs> so much so that she gives Anakin a code stick that will only reveal the information about the location of the planet when they interface that code stick with a code stick that this guy has. Yeah, so... This is Charza Quinn. Yeah, Charza Quinn. So Charza Quinn... Medicine fr worm. <laughs> friend to the Jedi. <laughs> Good name. Uh, so we don't know much about uh, about what Charles Quinn is yet, but we do see his his ship from a distance. It's a YT-1150. 
yep. keeping that old uh, Corellian cruiser designation of, uh, available for us. We're, it's just like how uh, you know the the Millennium Falcon is a YT thirteen hundred, but and just like the Millennium Falcon, this is a YT freighter that has been heavily modified to be actually good. Yes, in this case, it, they, Anakin, who's the one looking out the window because he's bored, getting seen spaceships. Uh, describes it as looking like a oval s- loaf of bread that has been sliced lengthwise into three parts with the biggest part in the middle. Yeah. So, you know, picture that however you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However you picture that, I picture it looking kind of like some kind of a sandwich. See, I, I sort of picture it as sort of a fat TIE fighter where the, because it's lengthwise, which means that there's a long central piece and then there's like two little wings that kind of like. See, whereas I was thinking it had two things that popped up on the top and because it, it was going. Ah, lengthwise yeah, across hear, the top no, and across the bottom. See, I was hearing it as a vertical lengthwise cut, creating two booms in a central fuselage area. There you go. But it could be whatever you want, and Lord knows I didn't Google it or nothing. Nope. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna Google that. Yeah. Uh, so so anyway, that's that's the plan. Talk to this Charza guy. <laughs> gonna go see Charza about a man. Now, he is, as I said, the one who will take them there, uh, Thracia, super trust this guy and the fact that she says like this is the same person that took Vergeer there and i implicitly trust him mm-hmm. and i'll put him in you in his hands as well as my old person and i'm like your old your old uh padawan went missing and you put him in this guy's hands and the fact that you need to mention that you trust this guy implicitly makes me feel like i shouldn't yeah I, it's, I, i'm asking a lot of questions that have been answered by your t-shirt is yeah what I'm it's here. a weird choice i gotta say but uh you know we get right into it the very next chapter is meeting charza quinn who is a preapulin a preapulin because he's a big worm and i gotta say if this is what you could expect from greg bear i'm i miss the guy yeah because priapus is you know the the minor greek fertility god whose name has long been lent to the scientific term for boners, the priapism. And here you see a guy named a priapulin because he's a worm man. Yep. So he's a, he's a penis worm. He's a boner man. <laughs> he's a big boner man. Yeah. Now, this I did go look up. Because if you go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash system That's a great idea. You can get all sorts of bonus information in our expanded Expounded Universe where we go to Wikipedia and look up nonsense from Star Wars and talk about it and tell you and each other. And I want to go look these guys up. They pretty much only exist in this book. Yeah. I just uh, kind of pictured them as looking like the second attempt that uh, Strong Bad had at drawing uh, the dragon. It is terrifying. Oh, okay. These guys are... Nasty. They sound like they're polychaete worms in terms of the, the functionality of them, because the description of this guy, and that is the beginning of chapter six. He he meets them at the entrance to his ship, which is like rigged for semi-aquatic species. Yeah. Uh, but he There's himself, like, you know, a foot of standing water when you get in there. Yeah. He sounded to me like like a, like a fire type worm. Like I say fire type, like a Pokemon. But yeah, but I mean, like a bristle worm, like that, like the polychaete worms that would, would be in the same vein as like bobbit worms or other bristle worms where they're like. A, a worm body, but a very segmented and uh, completely covered with l- with two lateral lines of gross spines. Yeah. So the bottom part of it is entirely covered in like little hairs. Mm-hmm. And all of the little hairs individually can sort of move. So he can move around on his little nasty bits there. Sure. In addition to, you know, worming around. He's got just millions of tiny little 
almost cilia-like legs in the front. Huh. Along the sides, it's more like centipede legs almost all along the sides. Yeah, it's poly- that's what a polychaete bristle worm looks like, yeah. is, is those two lateral lines of kind of tufts that are mo- all very mobile, and, and it's how they move around. Six eyes going along, three each on like the sides of its skull. Yeah. Uh, it has openings in the side of its body for mouths, as uh-huh. well as breathing. Yeah, and the spiracles where it breathes from are apparently powered as opposed because it describes them as spiracles but then it says like it talks by running air in and out of them yeah which isn't usually spiracles are just holes into the body where air airflow happens well it's the it says the air comes out but then it uses those little hairs yes to create like essentially it's playing its own air hole like a musical instrument to make noises like when you hold up a leaf of grass and blow over it to make a whistle like a sound yeah that's how this guy talks he basically sounds like a giant kazoo Well, I'll describe them as a harsh, terrifying whisper instead, though. Yes. So these things are terrifying. And I always love it when they do this. When a Star Wars writer's like, fuck it, I I don't care about your special effects budget. I'm describing something weird. Yeah, which is why it has only ever been in this and then mentioned in one other book. Right. Because everyone else is like, no, thank you. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, absolutely. These, this whole book feels like a dead end, because all the stuff in it's being eliminated immediately upon the re- release of Attack of the Clones anyway. Yeah. Uh, so so anyway, uh, Charza Quinn is a horrifyingly alien thing who greets them at the ship, but he's also very well-spoken and extraordinarily nice. Yeah. Uh, apparently, his entire species, their whole deal is they're like, oh, they're ridiculously peaceful. They don't even understand why you would do a violence to anyone like, this guy would rather die than fight. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean they aren't, you know, like, aggressive in other ways. Yeah. So, Quinn is, like, a businessman and a spy master and ambitious, just not violent. Yeah. Yeah, he just doesn't quite get violence. So he welcomes aboard. He's genuinely excited to see Jedi again. He says it's been quite a while since he's had Jedi aboard the ship. I assume he means since the last time he had he had uh, Verger, Vergery Ver, Ver, uh, on the ship. Uh, so, but Anakin is straight up taken aback. Not not specifically by the preapulin. He's he's a very cosmopolitan kid because of his years on the on the Tatooine racing circuit. Yeah. So while he knows a lot about alien species and he has no problem with any of them, rather. He is uh, taken aback by the fact that the interior of the ship is a nasty, stinky tide pool. Oh, yeah. It's like the door opens and it just smells like low tide in here. Yes. And there's like three inches of water on the floor and there's weird living stuff tucking itself into crevices everywhere. Oh, yeah. The second they start walking through to go to the quarters that he has set up for, you know, non-nasty people, uh... Like, they're going through, and he's like, oh, yeah, the standing water here has a bunch of little scuttling nonsense creatures and, like, little water worms and whatnot darting around and getting out of the way, as well as some larger things that are just kind of, like, scuttling away and watching from the corners. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, this whole thing is not so much like a starship as it is a living environment. Yes, except it is all in surface of being a starship. Like, all this stuff has a point on the ship. Yeah, which is, food. <laughs> well, some of it's food. Some of it is part of the ship's systems. So it's kind of a neat thing that he's that he's got this ship set up this way. And at first, 
the two of them are walking along behind him while he kind of just goes on about how great it is to to uh, have Jedi on the ship and how much he likes them and how he heard that Anakin had participated in that that race. Uh, but uh, ultimately, Obi-Wan's up in his head being like, God, I hope that they give us a dry room to sleep in. This is nasty. Yeah, this is some real nasty shit. I hate this. I hate this stupid worm. I hate everything. Uh, and he does. He's got a nice room for dry people. Yay, a good dry room. Yeah, with a couple of beds and no water on the floor and mats in the front so you can towel off and a little rack full of t- full of useful boots so you can squish around the rest of the ship, no problem. Oh, yeah, he's like, hey, uh, you'll find basically a set of waiters in there for each of you that can uh, conform to your fit because it would be neat if you came and joined me on the bridge and hung out I love, I'm very social. I love hanging out with people. If you decide to come hang out, that'd be awesome. And let me assure you, because he knows, he's like, once we get out into space and start traveling, it will smell a lot better in here. All of the systems will kick in and we'll be able to, you know, recycle air and the water and everything. For now, my ship is just stagnant, though. Yes, yeah, it'll get better. The other thing that we kind of passed over is that at the very beginning, while they're riding out to the docks or to catch the ship, I guess to the, the mooring posts, uh, Anakin is bored and looking out the windows and trying to draw Obi-Wan into conversation, and Obi-Wan ain't having it. Ah. So he keeps being like, hey, 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 what do you meditate about? And he's like, I meditate about a place that's quiet where no one bothers me. <laughs> I mean, at first he is very much just like, hey, man. Uh, if I wasn't such a pain in your ass, what would you be doing right now? And yeah. it's like, look, man, I try not to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get involved in that conversation because I don't want to... We are where we are, and that's how things I'd are. I prefer not to acknowledge that you are indeed a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> All of his questions be like, hey, hey, if I didn't suck a whole lot, would you be doing something else? He's like, look, it's fine. Yeah, you don't suck. Everything's fine, kid. You're great. Look, it's I, I, I volunteered for this, remember? It's not your fault. Yeah. So, and hey, then- I can't meditate. Like, like one of those fucking warning signs again, where he's like, "Oh, I can't meditate because if I look inside, it's like I'm looking at a nuclear explosion, and then my mind goes all bluey." Yeah, and you know, Obi Wan is at least like, "All right, well, noted. Let's work on that then." Yeah, my mind goes all bluey as well when I am watching Bluey. Yeah, I'm like, "Ooh, Bluey, that is Bluey," says my mind. <laughs> says my mind. <laughs> tfw win bluey says my brain <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's bluey yeah, yeah i would i would join in i've never watched a single episode of it so oh, it's a delight i know yeah everyone i know who has a kid is like oh thank christ for bluey jesus this is so much better than all the other kids programming yeah, i can't get her to watch it anymore she's outgrown it now which is wild because she's still not even as old as bluey is yeah uh but she's watched all of it a million times but boy, is it so good in the margins where you're just like happy to watch the parents and the, the nice interactions. It's yeah. great. So anyway, anyway, yeah, he's he's just like, yeah, sometimes when I try to meditate, my mind goes to a dark place. And I imagine that I'm Darth Vader, a, a character I made up. <laughs> I turn into the dark father. Yeah. And he's like, all right, cool. Uh-huh, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm just going to write that in my do not mention the Mace Windu notes. <laughs> yep. I mean, at least Obi-Wan appears to give a shit yeah whereas when he was like hey every time i try and think about anything i think murders and and mace windu's like huh and you say anything at all i don't care uh moving on (laughs) obi-wan at least is like we should definitely talk about that 
and even thinks to himself, he's like, oh, this is great. This is the first time he has ever opened up about anything like that to me. I'm already getting fucking dividends out of this trip. Yeah, I love Mace Windu's response like, hmm, yes, very flirty with the dark side, aren't you? What you probably need is a magic space adventure. Yeah, man, nothing helps you, uh, you know, return to the the force like, oh, fucking around somewhere. Lack of supervision in a, in a big empty planet. Perfect place for you to go work that out. Yep. I don't know. Go, like, hit trees or something. I think the trees are sentient on that planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. I already stopped talking to you. <laughs> I've stopped giving a fuck before I got in the room. I'm going to go sit. I'm going to go angle and try and get the most comfortable tuffet in this stupid boardroom. <laughs> Somebody get some, me some curds and whey. Kiati Mundi's back on his home planet boning down, and that means he's abandoned the good tuffet. This guy's always on it. Doesn't matter how early I get here. It's wild. I don't know. He has the time. He's he's either boning down or he's occupying this goddamn Tuffet. And I want it. I want the Tuffet. Kiati <laughs> uh, Mooney's going to come back and just levitate Mace Windu off it. Just, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Damn it. I didn't see your name on it. You didn't flip it over. Oh. <laughs> I did flip it over. Flips it over. It's there now. <laughs> God. Damn it! How do you do this? Kiari <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mundi. It's one of the benefits that comes with the, being the only Jedi allowed to bone down. This is from the fuck side of the Force. Ha! Anyway, uh, I think that... I don't remember if it's in this chapter or a future one where they do actually go up and visit the bridge. I mean, it's a future one, but honestly, we, we could can do, do all of the like nasty, gross ship stuff now. Sure, that's fine. So, yeah, then they go off to visit him, uh, Charza, on the bridge of his fine ship. So they got to wade through a bunch of nasty water, and they still haven't left yet. Uh, yeah. But Obi-Wan is like, yeah, we should go visit. I mean, it's nice. It would be a good thing to do. It's a good thing to do with our host who is giving us a lift somewhere, because as this book seems to think, Jedi don't have spaceships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are incapable of owning anything. Yeah. I mean, I like that conceptually, and the first movie doesn't necessarily rule it out, so sure. Yeah, it could be true. Yeah. So anyway, um, they go up to his bridge, and his bridge is just more of the same. It's a bunch of weird, bulbous, living, wet crap hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, just a freighter that got turned into a tide pool. Yep. Random, like, channels that are full of various animals. And of course, it needs to be modified so that a big, nasty worm can pilot the ship. Yes. So all of his little, like, cilia fiber things that he has are like, oh, this is part of actually piloting things so that I can use all my little wiggly bits to go. Yeah, he's covered with millions of fingers that have different types of functionality. Like some of them are long spikes. Some of them are like digits that work with other ones near them. Some of them are mouth parts or talking bits or some of them are even just like balls on the ends, like spikes, yeah. like spiked balls. So it's He might just have balls. Weird. He might yeah. just have balls. Yeah. And if you have balls, try Manscaped. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I'm so good at transitioning to ads and we don't have them. I, well, we don't have ones that are, are transition based because they're all based on commission intake and no one's going to buy a Manscaped. It doesn't matter how good you are. No one's going to buy Manscaped from you. Yeah. But if you go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash system mastery, you don't have to have commercials. Yeah. Supporting us at any level gets you ad free versions of the show. That's right. We prefer to take our I'm money. I'm so good at you transitions are. to selling you, things. You're really good at it. You're doing a great job. <laughs> so. I like to hype myself up whenever possible during the show. And help us make payroll because, you know, there's two of us and we both have to get paid. We got to get paid. So, so anyway, uh, 
They go up to the ship, and he's happy. He's like, oh, hello, Jedi. Please make yourself comfortable. Obviously, I've claimed the giant worm couch that is my the spot I sit in. I've got the best tuffet up here, of uh-huh. course. He has a backless couch, which yeah. I think you'd call something else, uh, like a chelange. Uh, I don't know. A backless couch would be a bench, maybe? It's probably just a bench, yeah. But probably. no, it's a, ba- it's a padded bench, but we call it a backless couch. Yeah. Uh, and also, there's a spot that's like a spare chair that's nearby that's a little too small that Obi-Wan immediately grabs and kind of wedges himself into. Anakin's like, I'll stand. I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to be on the, the worm couch or the, the tiny seat. Yeah. But uh, he's like, yeah, so we're getting ready to take off. We're, we're putting in all the important like hyperspace channels and so on. Uh, I, I assume you have that message stick that's going to provide me with the information for the coordinates that we're, of the place we're actually going to go to. That'll be fun. Are you looking forward to that? Yeah. You're you going to have a good time? Yeah, you enjoy your be- vacation in, you know, obvious murder planet. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be terrifying. <laughs> and there's a part where Anakin asks him if he is a powerful warrior or something like that. And he's like, oh, heavens no. Uh, he Basically, he tells Anakin, like, I saw your race. I, I watched those garbage races with great interest. Yeah, I-, I hear you got a scale from some worm. I myself am a worm. I'm some worm. I'm something of a worm myself. That's some worm, it says in gross web <laughs> up above me. I have nasty water spiders, and they leave messages. Yes. Uh, and uh, and Anakin's like, uh, yeah, I did, but I still have the stupid scale because Master Obi-Wan wouldn't let me turn it in for my ranking. Yeah. He's like, no, I don't want to encourage this. You don't get a rank at doing this. Yeah. And uh, and so he doesn't have it with him. I was kind of hoping he'd pull it out and be like, yeah, I've got this gross worm scale. You want it? And then it would. I thought when he said that he got to keep it, that... Quinn was going to be like, oh, can I have it? That shit rules. Yeah. But, but no. No, it just dies there. Instead, he's looking back while talking to Anakin, and then he suddenly, there's this, like, channel row of crabby things next to him. There's, like, a bunch of them in a line yeah. in a little water channel, and he sort of lunges backwards while looking at Anakin. Uh, kind of unfolds himself, because he usually holds himself in the posture of a big S. Yeah, he's, uh, he's doing the, like, I'm a ridiculous, like, four-meter-long worm, but in order to be kind of, like, hanging out at almost eye level i gotta kind of shape myself into an s and look at you yeah so he's like an s shape and he sort of unfolds himself dramatically and leans backwards which causes anakin to recoil but all he does is grab two of these crab things and stuff them up like a part of the side of him opens up and he stuffs them in there and stitches it closed again and then the rest of the crabs as it's clear he's eating them yeah and the rest of the crabs start like applauding like they start raising Yay, up and clacking click, click, their click, 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 click. their little their little claws together and he turns to them and says you're welcome and then and then gets back to the ship and anakin immediately like his face goes all like what the fuck did this guy just eat sentient beings in front of us and you know because he is not able to keep it together as you know many of us would not if a giant worm monster was like and some crabs Thank you for your service. It's mostly they'd be like, well, the crabs are clapping. That's the only part that tells me they're sentient. It might just be that that's their threat response or something. Ugh. But no, because everyone in the room is a fucking Jedi except the worm. They're like, oh, okay, he's th- those are sentient creatures and they've just been eaten by him. So Obi Wan sees that Anakin pulls a mean face, and obviously uh, Charza Charza does too because he has eyes everywhere. And um, he's like, don't worry, don't man. worry. It's the- a symbiotic relationship. He's uh, Obi Wan has to be like, relax. It's more than it looks like. And he's like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, if you're wondering what happens, it's that they all desire to be devoured by the big one. (laughs) Hey, look, they all want to get it by the big one. You know, they've been online. (laughs) That's not quite enough for Anakin. So he's like, no, you see, it's fine. They are my food. That is true. But it's a symbiotic balance relationship. I eat them. 
and then they are pregnant when I eat them, and their babies develop inside me, and then I give birth to them and raise them. They generate. Uh, they live on the ship and work for me, and then they line up when they're pregnant to become food again. Yeah, they and- consider it a big, uh, like win in order to be like, yeah, we got eaten by a guy. This is the best thing that could happen to us. Yeah, absolutely, because they're probably the kindest. Well, they have to. It's the only way they can re- reproduce is is to finish their reproductive cycle inside of this other thing's body. Yep. It'd be like watching an oct- someone get mad that an octopus dies when it, when it lays eggs, because they do. They don't live after they lay eggs. Yeah. They, they, le- they last long enough sometimes to guard the eggs until they hatch, and then they die. Um, so, you know, if octopus were to become sentient, it would probably be part of their life cycle. That, yeah, we're having kids means you die. That's just what we do. Yeah. So that's how he goes. He's like, yeah. Lots of stuff on this ship is either food for me or some or food for something else on the ship. It's all part of a whole balance. And Anakin's like, "Well, do you do you eat everyone who's your friend or works for you?" And he's like, "Stars, no. Goodness. I, only, I just eat whatever's food for me. That's normal. Everything on this ship plays a part in the delicate balance of the ecosystem that is a freighter." <laughs> yeah. So, so no. And I'm just gonna keep eating these pregnant crab guys. And don't worry about it. It's what we do. Yeah. Uh, they also get a little bit of information like, all right, so now that we have both of the information sticks together, we can tell you a little bit about where we're going, which is the planet Zanama Seacoat. Yeah. Or just Seacoat. And, uh, again, just like this was a myth type thing that a lot of people were like, oh, we assume this is just horseshit that people have been spilling, but well, because they did a survey and there was nothing there and now there's a planet there. Hmm. What hmm. could have happened? Hmm. Hmm. Hum. A hum. Extra solar capture, perhaps? Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe someone built a big planet and put it there. Could be. That's not a thing that's unheard of in Star Wars. Yeah. But so, uh, but at any rate, it's there, and it seems to be generating super fast starships. Yeah. So they're like, all right, this is as much as we know. We have a vague idea of where it is. We have a name for the planet. And we know what's coming out of it, and that's about all we have. Yeah. Because, and as we mentioned, the message from Vergeer is very garbled, and all you get is, hey, this planet exists, and there's stuff here. Yeah. And then right after they do that, that's enough for them to take off, so they engage the hyperdrive and go blasting off into the, the star tunnels. Uh-huh. So, uh, also, there was a brief conversation between Anakin and Obi-Wan about uh, Charza, where Anakin, where Obi-Wan's explained that he's nonviolent, but he is hyper-intelligent and very good at management. And so Anakin's like, so he'd make a good spy? And Obi-Wan has to be like, no, he'd make a good spy master. Also, he's an excellent pilot. Anyway, just wanted you to know, that's what he does. That's what yeah. all of these guys do. These guys are great. I did like that it was because Obi-Wan was like, wow, those worm guys are cool. I'd like to watch him fight Jabba. <laughs> yeah, I love that Anakin's first thought is, oh, weird, gross, monster, cool. I want him to fight some other guy. <laughs> Let's watch a worm fight. Worm fight. Worm fight. More worms. How about a whole army of these guys against an exogorth? <laughs> Come on. Give me worm fights. <laughs> and I love that Obi-Wan's like, please don't. That would be the most offensive thing you could say to this guy. I mean, come on. Would you rather fight one of these guys the size of an exogorth or 500 exogorths the size of one of these guys? Huh? Come on. Come on. Give me the answer. Come on. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, you know you want to answer me. Obi-Wan. <laughs> Meanwhile, meanwhile, Wraith Sinar, who's going to be the bad guy for this book, I guess. I mean, he's one of them. He is hanging out and going to his private 
Museum of Failures. Yeah, he has a big old underground museum, which is, uh, you know, he starts by thinking about how shockingly wealthy he is to be able to do this kind of shit, which, yeah, no, cra- no crap. If you can afford to tunnel into to build a giant museum on the, uh, under the surface of, of Coruscant, yeah, you're, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, this is like, I think, 200 meters or something that he's got in here. He mentions he has 2,012 individual exhibits in this private museum that only he knows about. Yeah, just underneath his factory, he's like, yeah, I have where I keep all the shit that I make and show people up there, mm-hmm. but then I press a little button in my private elevator and go down to the Museum of Failure where he has a just gigantic warehouse full of shit from other manufacturers and tech moguls and uh, basically competition. Anything from people that he was like, yeah, this they were making stuff, but then they fucked up somehow. Yeah. They made a thing that either like fucked their business entirely uh-huh. or ruined their reputation. And he's like, I keep these so that I remember not to fuck up. I need to constantly be like, all right, think through everything you do. Go like triple check everything, because if you just go, yeah, that sounds like a good idea and fuck around, you can lose everything. Yeah. So he always everything thing he has in here reminds him of a specific type of failure so that he will not do that type of failure. That's the point of his big museum of failure. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's neat. Oh, yeah. I mean, he goes down there. The first thing in there is a little case that has a bunch of combat droids in it that he's like, oh, yeah, some idiot fucking dictator was like, give me combat droids and load them with all of these weapons. And he's like, they are so loaded with weapons, they can barely stand. Also, they skimped on the intelligence unit, so these things are dumb as posts, and they would happily just kill anything the moment you turned them on. So I have them modified. I have not I took re- the brain out, but I have not removed their weapons. They could still kill me in an instant. They just don't want to, especially. So instead, they just walk, watch me walk by. Their little eye lights walk, light up and watch me walk around. And they, they move around like they're grumpy that they can't shoot me, but they don't. I mean, essentially, given that he took the brains and everything out, he's like, this is essentially a motion tracking camera with cannons. Yeah. But it does rattle around when he walks past them. So there's some, there's something left in there. Yeah. And then his second one is just another type of assassin droid, which sounds a lot like an IG-88 unit, because it's got, like, the tall cylindrical head and a very rudimentary thorax, as it's described. Yeah. And the problem with this one was that it's too efficient and it kills its own creators, or whoever turns it on. Yeah, it's just, oh, they fucked up in the programming for this, and it was just, yeah, I'm I'm fine with killing whoever. And also, it is very obvious that it is an assassin droid when you make an assassin droid he thinks you want something that can actually like get near the target without everyone going oh shit that guy's gonna kill someone yeah definitely everyone who saw this was like oh that's a murder bot yeah definitely building ig or hk units is not really the way to go unless you actually you don't really want assassins you want shock troopers exactly because if you want an assassin, you want something that can actually get where it's trying to go without being noticed. Yeah, like those robot centipedes from Attack of the Clones. That seems like a, th- those seem like reasonably smart assassin droids. The fact that they cut their way in though to like try and cut you up instead of like putting a blaster on them, yeah, is well, yeah, you can't win them all. But it's it's again one bombs. of those things where he's like, and this one is down here and is especially notable because I knew the designer of it. We were friends. And this thing killed her. Yeah. Like, 
She turned it on and immediately went, and murder time? Yep. So he's like, this is here so that I know, you know, be careful with your creations. Don't let your shit get out of your own control. He's got a bunch of ships in there from various designers that are just trash. Yeah, I think a lot of the ships, because it mentions that a lot of this is hollow projections, which it would have to be, because 200 meters means he's giving less than a tenth of a meter to each item in this collection. And he's got a bunch of fucking spaceships that failed, apparently, down here. Yeah. It's not big enough, so I have to assume a lot of them are hollows. Probably. He has everything actually stored that somewhere. 2,000 meters, I don't know. Could be a lot. I mean, even then, it wouldn't be big enough. 2,000 meters, 2,000 exhibits, and several of them, several of them are spaceships? Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, he mentions a couple of the types of spaceships he has down here, largely just built by competitors that failed for one dumb reason or another. And the whole time, he's waxing rhapsodic about that rapscallion Grant, or, or uh, Will Huff Tarkin. And how how hot and sexy that guy is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not really, but but uh, you know, I'm reading between the lines. Oh yeah, and a lot of this is him going like where the wieners are. <laughs> yes, where the wild wieners are. <laughs> uh, or is is it better as that or where the wiener things are? <laughs> which which one is a better take on that, folks? Write in. <laughs> Do you want where the wild wieners are or where the wiener things are? Yeah. Let us know. The wiener side of things. <laughs> so Where the wiener walk ends. <laughs> Where the sidewalk wieners. <laughs> he is thinking to himself, all right, Tarkin has essentially let me in on his little thing that's going on, which is essentially an upcoming absolute fucking coup that's going to happen. Yeah. And he's thinking to himself, like, yeah, the, it's the Senate is fucking eating itself alive right now yeah and it makes sense and i have to be prepared this is what this whole thing is about he's like i need to be able to pivot and make sure that i'm always relevant so i don't become a fucking museum exhibit Uh uh-huh and i know that what replaces effete elitists in a senate are brutal military assholes Mm -hmm. and that's why i made essentially the death star is I know that's the type of shit that these type of guys would want. Yes, and he's even what notice he's he's got a couple lines of thought going on. One of them is that he thinks he might know some things that Tarkin does not. That Tarkin seems all high and mighty coming in here and saying humans are the future and are you ready to be part of a grand experiment and all this other stuff. But I have other major clients, he says, thinking about some super ship he's been designing. Yeah, I've that, got contacts. It's like a crazy powerful spaceship. I, that uh, he's like I, someone on on Coruscant authorized this thing. Someone powerful, someone who would you would die if you ever learned their name. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, so it's Palpatine. Yes, or is it Shizor? How great would it be if it was Shizor? God, if if Greg Bear was like, I did a prequel novel and I put young Shizor in it, I'd be like, fuck, god damn, good job, you did it. Yeah, as far as I know, Shizor only shows up in a, a very small handful of things, and then some salad jokes. Yes. Uh, but including like a comic book, there's a few other little things where he is here and there, but it's more likely to just be Palpatine being, oh, yeah. being another source that Tarkin doesn't know about yet because the two aren't moving in the same circles at this time. Yeah. They, like, I mean, the they, fact I think they are, like, I know a contact that's part of the government that's going to be part of overthrowing it. And that if you said his name, you'd get murdered. I'm like, yeah, this is clearly your contact is Palpatine. Yeah. But also, he has some ship down there he's thinking about that he designed for the Trade Federation that was going to be part of whenever they accepted new members into the Trade Federation. He'd send around this luxury cruise liner that was rated as a point eight yeah. on, on the something or other scale, hyperspace integration scale. I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, so he's thinking, he's like, 
I know some stuff Tarkin doesn't. That guy's smart, but I know how to play the game. I'm ready yeah. to deal with him. I know what to do. I've I've got my own contacts and my own ways of staying, you know, relevant in a new world order. I'll old Wraith Sinar is not going to be caught unawares. And as he says that, all of a sudden he hears like, uh, "Huh, interesting place you have here," and turns around and literally is like, ah, "Oh, oh, because oh. well, no one has ever been down here before. This is his super mega secret museum of failures." But there's Tarkin. And, there's Tarkin. And not just and Tarkin. he is the sheriff. <laughs> and not just Tarkin, but a, I, I assume the same blood carver from before. We thought that guy probably died. I I mean, Obi-Wan cut his fucking wings off and sent him into the sludge where the worms were. And yet, apparently, he's like, oh, no, he's kind of fucked up. He's got some injuries. But... Nah, this is my my cool blood carver, Key Dave. Yeah, Key Dave. His name is probably supposed to be K Daive or something like that. It's it, like K E space D A I V. Yeah, and I'm like, your name's Key Dave. That guy's name is Key Dave. If you're wondering where who's got keys, Key Dave has keys. Key Dave got it. Yeah, they, they call him Key Dave because he does a lot of key parties. Yes, he goes to a lot of key parties and he he fucks a lot of Daves. <laughs> <laughs> That's his deal. I, Fucking Dave's. I almost got you. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucks uh, a lot of Dave's Coulier. <laughs> There's so many Dave's Coulier here. <laughs> so it's probably that same fucking weird blood cover. Although I don't remember him being gold in the previous. I thought he was yes, like. Yes, that he... is the the description we get is that blood carvers are gold, se- weirdly segmented for their limbs. Mm-hmm. And. Okay. They got flappy bits. He's probably the guy, because he's got some injuries, according to the notes, the mental notes that that, uh, Sinar is making during this conversation. Yeah. And Uh, Tarkin himself is like, oh, I got this guy because he was trying to do some Jedi assassination shit, but I was like, no, you're on my team now. You do what I say. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate that this Blood Carver guy, at first, he only has one line in, like, this chapter, this scene, where he just goes, hurry up, when... uh, Sinar's trying to accomplish a task for Tarkin, but then later in another scene where we meet him again, he does point out, he's like, yeah, you guys can stop talking about me like I am my species. I'm an individual, and and I have individual goals. I'm a guy, and I'm standing right here, and all of you are talking about me in the fucking third person like I'm not here. Yeah. Very imperial of you for people who are planning the Empire. Yeah. Uh, So so he's he's a real guy with hopes and dreams, and you can't put Key Dave down. (laughs) Look, Key Dave does what Key Dave wants. Yep. Uh, Tarkin, meanwhile, has lost all sense of being a buddy or having any kind of sense of humor or whatever. He's hiding out half in shadow. His eyes are all glinty. He's not smiling. He just kind of goes like, hello. So here's the deal. We accelerated a lot since I last spoke to you about 20 minutes ago. And, uh, now I need a bit of information that I am absolutely certain that you possess and you think no one knows you possess. Yeah. So pressed for time. So you need to give it to me now. Here's the deal. You give it to me now. And I don't care whether or not you join our organization. I would prefer you do. But if you don't, then the fact that I know you can keep secrets if they're profitable and because we've been friends in the past means I won't have Key Dave here fucking kill you. Uh, but the, I will have him fucking kill you if you don't give me the thing. And and uh, Sinar's like, dude, what? I, I would happily give you whatever. What is this? Dude, we're friends. You could have just been like, hey, man, can I get the code to a thing? And yeah. I would. He's already he's like, like, sorry, dude. I don't have friends anymore. Yeah. I have business associates. I have allies and power structures. 
He's so like, you can choose which one you want to be, but we're not pals. I'm turning into a fucking grand moth, so y'all need to get on board. Yeah. It, it, literally, we get a part where Sinar notes that he has aged 20 years in the 20 minutes he was gone. Yeah. Just from changing his demeanor. He's like, he's always had way too much skull showing, but now he's wielding it. He looks like an axe. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, this guy's gone full villain. Yeah. Like, he was kind of a shitty, thin aristocrat before, but now he is just a terrifying like empire monster yeah so he's already like i'm not gonna bother asking how he got in here that's super unimportant uh and besides even if i asked him he'd probably just make fun of me for not knowing so i'm just gonna ask him what he wants and he's like all right i'll lay it out for you you used to work in the design bureau on a uh the old yt hundred freighter series and he's like yeah that's a matter of public record what about it you hid trackers on every single fucking one of them and have a code for every one of them that lets you track it and he's like oh Shit, is that all? You just want a code? Just give me the the, the code number for yeah, the ship. Give me the serial number for it. For Pete's sake. And he hands it to him, and it takes a second for him to do it, because it's like an algorithm, and he is looking at a code that he designed 30 years ago. Yeah, he's and- just like, oh, it based on the serial number for whatever this thing is, you do like a replacement for certain things, and you yeah. get a code that lets you track it. But it's not fast enough for Key Dave, because Key Dave's like, hurry. He's like, dude, chill your shit. Chill, I'm doing this for as just friendly. He's like, see, look, there. There's the tracker code. What's the problem? Number one, I am 100% on board with your plan and always intended to be. So, you know, mark that down in your journal of who you shouldn't kill. Uh, and and number two, here's your code. What What is, what is this? Let, also, we, I should warn you, the trackers on here suck. They're not good. They're if old. this thing goes to uh, hyperspeed, you're not going to be able to track it. And he's like, oh, it's fine. We just need to be able to know what the signal is for that tracking thing because we're going to put a different tracker near it so that it will take that tracking signal and then boost that out to us. Yeah. We just needed to have that running. Yeah. And and meanwhile, uh, Sinar has started to note that this is probably the, the reason that they're down here is that they tracked him by putting something onto his clothes. And so he starts starting to shift around in his clothes to He's feel like if he can feel anything. feeling in his pockets. He's like, God, he put something on me. And, and uh, Tarkin's like, would you quit shuffling around? It looks undignified. And then he presses a button on a thing and a little tiny flat droid falls out of his pants because... Tarkin got in his pants. Yeah, look. Tarkin put a little worm in his pants, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. And then that worm falls out mid-conversation, uh-huh. and he's like, oh my, look at that. Oh. It's some little droid that can go uh, fully limp and kind of turn itself into clothes. Look, I got a worm that can go fully limp. You're not impressing anyone. <laughs> that don't impress me much. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm Brad Pitt. <laughs> and that impresses you much, right? <laughs> So yeah, he sees this little droid thing just plop out from his pants leg and then scurry over. He's like, oh, it can even just camouflage itself to look like clothes. Even a professional would probably have missed this thing. All right. I guess that means I rate high enough for weird spy droids then. Yeah. That's nice. That's fun. That's something. So look, can we just like handshake on this or what? Like just sort of, I don't want to have this sort of you're threatening to kill me with an alien conversation. Can we just be like, look how look how copacetic I am with what's... You broke into my little museum. I'm not worried about that. Nothing's really phasing me beyond that that guy was kind of scary and gold. I, let's, just, let's just shake it out. Can we just shake it out? Come on, Can man. Can we shake out our worms? Can we do that? And, you know... That's, that's the end of the chapter. Yeah. yeah. They go have another little conversation, like we said. Yeah. And they're hanging out, and he's like, so a blood carver, huh? And he's just talking to Tarkin, not Key Dave. He's yeah. like, huh, blood carvers. I thought these guys were mostly like 
artists and stuff. Yeah, what don't they the like, fuck is he doing here? He's like, like talking about him. Like, don't don't these guys mostly work in weird sculpture that's like from the indigenous blood trees of their planet? They carve like blood tree sculptures or something. And Key Dave, who is grumpy about being talked about, is like, they have multiple double meanings. It is similar to assassination in that they pr- uh, sculpture is pruning away the parts of something that are not the art, and assassination is pruning away the parts of the world that do not matter. Yeah, he's like, I sculpt away that which should not belong in society because I'm a fucking person and can talk to you, yeah, asshole. Same thing where he's like, no, we don't all fucking make sculptures. I'm an individual. I have goals of my own. Weirdly, I don't know how you would have ever come to the conclusion that every one of a species does the same thing and is exactly the same. It's odd that you would think that in Star That's Wars. That's definitely not how Star Wars works. But yeah, he gets all indignant about it and, you know... Tarkin's just like, yes, yes, you're an individual, and that's wonderful. You can leave now. Hmm. I'm not going to kill this guy. <laughs> I wonder if they have to get special dispensation at Lucasfilm, like, when they're making Star Wars movies, to use Yoda's species. Because there's, like, three, right? So there's Yoda, there's Yaddle, and there's and there's Grogu. Yeah. Uh, and all three of them are Jedi. Uh-huh. Right? So do you think anyone's ever asked if they can make one a member of the species that just isn't? It's just like some little just smuggler. Some, just Some little green guy just hanging little, out. little green smuggler who's just like, yeah, I won't tell you what species I am because of some kind of embargo or whatever. But I'm not a force user. I'm just some fucking guy. Yeah, I use the force. The force of these nuts. What up? Also, we don't all talk like that guy, eh? Yeah. That's me. I'm a fucking smuggler. My name's Yigo. I mean, we established that already in canon through Yaddle because there are cartoons where she talks. And she's just like, what's up? I'm Yaddle. I don't talk like that. Look, Yoda's weird. That's a Yoda thing. Everyone thinks Yoda's weird. It's fine. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> I'm more like Yoda's nuts, if you understand what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Yoda's Yo, nuts? does nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just weird that that's not a, a thing that's already happened. Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, basically, after he establishes that, yeah, I had been part of a religious order of fervent people from my society who were trying to assassinate Jedi as some kind of religious protest, but I failed and got really hurt in the process, and then Tarkin here scooped me up, and now I work for him. And he's gonna give me another chance, so we essentially get the realization like, oh, okay, we know this code is for the freighter they are, the uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin were on, because it was a YT freighter, and... They're going to send Key Dave to try and kill Anakin again. Yeah. And and notably, there's a part where where uh, Sinar's like, wait, so this guy failed? What, what, are we, what are we keeping him around for? And he's like, he failed against a Jedi Knight and a p- very powerful Padawan that works with him. I, I feel like he's worthy a second chance. That's not the kind of throw out the... the, the you don't need a pig like that all at once. Yeah. that this guy, this guy either might succeed or he might do some kind of damage. It's worth it. Yeah. Um, Plus, he is not human and i don't care yeah so he can be sent to go assassinate jedi and die and i won't feel bad yeah anyway hey uh key dave leave the room so key dave's like uh, all right and just yeah. leaves and this is the part where we establish what sinar is going to be doing throughout throughout the rest of this book which is weird because again he's the guy who designs tie fighters so the fact that he's like gonna be our bad guy is strange but he's like look in order to prove your loyalty to us i'm gonna send you on an expedition yeah you're, you're- gonna go to a cool planet where there are secret super uh, fighters, and maybe you'll be able to figure out what's going on there. And you already have one, don't you? And God damn it. He knows all the secrets, and he's like, yeah, I have the Hulk of one. I have the, the remnants of one, because a Trade Federation lieutenant or, or general killed a guy and took his ship. 
but it turns out these things are useless. They're they're purpose built to their 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 captain. Yeah, whoever if, bought it, unless they're flying it, it doesn't work. So, so I, I just, just have some shit. I have a big wooden spaceship that doesn't do anything. So, but I do have one. Yes, thank you for noticing. <laughs> I. I'm glad you keep flexing that you have a lot of secrets. That's fine. Uh-huh. Again, we're pals. Uh, and so he's like, yeah, I'm going to send you on an expedition. I'm going to send you with a squadron, a small group of droid battlers. And he's like, whoa, I don't want to work with battle droids. Those guys, Ugh. they suck. They're don't always saying some Roger Roger uh, assholes. B1s. And he's like, no, no, it's cool. I'm going to send you with like upgraded ones that have their own brains instead of one central core brain. Uh, we like the Trade Federation. Yeah, we're not making the same mistake. Also, I don't know about super battle droids yet because they're from the next book. I do know about, or the mo- movie, I do know about droid decas, but I don't think we're going to send any of those. Yeah. So he's just like, no, these are individually smart ones. They aren't just garbage nonsense, so they'll be good. And also, Key Dave's going to go with you. And again, he's just like, but that guy's like a failure. He's like, yeah, relax. I don't care if he dies because he's an alien. But he's also like, this seems like a promotion like this guy failed and you're giving a promotion to him <laughs> and he's you're like, gonna send him out robbing pillaging yeah you can think of it as a promotion if you want but all i'm doing is giving him a ride with you so i can have you hurl him at jedi again he is very likely to just get lightsabered yeah and that's what he's here for because again we have established now in this book i hate aliens i only like humans Tarkin, known supremacist. Yes. So that's he, the deal. That's what you're going to do. You are Mr. Flying out there and going on this mission for me. And he's like, I'm not much of a commander. Are you really putting me in charge of a fleet? And he's like, no, just a squadron. All right, go. Weird. It's a weird choice to be like, hey, I know you're the CEO of a company, but can you lead a strike force to a hidden planet. Yeah, like, don't you have a military guy? Like, Tarkin points out that he can't do it because he's too busy hanging around on Coruscant pretending to not be an evil dictator in training. Yeah. He even drops what he wants. He's like, look, the people I'm working for, when they take over, they're going to make me a planetary or a sector governor, and I'm going to be in charge of a bunch of planets. You can have a big aspiration like that, too, if you want. Yeah, and again, Sinor's like, dude, I, I fucking know I am aware of what's happening. You yeah. need to stop this, my man. I think my favorite bit is when he points out in his mind that that Tarkin was super excited when he saw the proto-Death Star in the previous uh, book yeah. or chapter. And he's like, ah, yes, I was right about my whole brutality re- replaces the effete class thing because only a, brutal, a brutal dictator would give a shit about a roving cannon platform like that. So I think it's just so fucking scary that it works as a terror weapon just by existing. Yeah, he's like, these guys are way more into drama than efficiency. Yes. So they want something that's like, look at my big dramatic nonsense weapon that makes no sense to have. And they're like, yeah, this is what they want. They want a big showpiece that they can go, look how big my military wiener is. That's so Sheev. <laughs> that's Sheev in a nutshell right there is to be like, oh, look at this fucking thing. No, this is Sheev in a nutshell. Oh, how did I get in this nutshell? Who makes a nut this big with a shell? Besides me, I do make a big nut. <laughs> oh, I make a big nut. <laughs> Guri, isn't that right? Yes, sir. Wait, why do I have Guri? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> get out of here. You're Shizor's stupid thing. Yeah, we were talking about Shizor. <laughs> oh, right. So he's excited. Okay. Yeah, that's Shizor in a nutshell. Shizor, I do make big nuts. Oh, I get it. Shizor. I was talking about Sheev. No. Sheev and Shizor, the original odd couple. They're so weird and different, but they're the same. Yeah. 
So anyway, that's the plan. He's going to go off to Zonama Sakat and harry these two Jedi. Great. Good for them. And that's where we end this episode. That's right. That's all there is to discuss, and there ain't no more until next time. Who many? Who knows how many chapters we'll read? It's going to be random all the way through. Yep. Pretty much every time we'll try and get about 20-something pages per. So if you're reading along at home, just look how many chapters get you a little bit above 20, and it'll probably be that many. There it is. Otherwise, we already told you how to go support us on the Patreon, so, you know, go do that. Patreon.com slash System Mastery. There's all kinds of levels you can support at and all kinds of cool shit you can unlock. Yep. Otherwise, I've been Elan Sleeves Bagano. And how do I get out of this nutshell? And why is Shizor in here? <laughs> you want to buy some death stick, Shizor? I can buy a thousand shit death sticks a second. <laughs> I, I have bought the death stick manufacturing plant. They make special death sticks only for me. <laughs> and they don't cause death because I'm Shizor. Mine make me healthier. They make me healthier. Also, my Shizor father works at Nintendo and I got a Game Boy Advance early. I've got a Game Boy Advance 2. No one else has one yet. It has a copy of Pokemon on it where Pikachu looks at you. <laughs> he looks right at you and you know that he loves he you. He looks into your soul and says, I love you, father. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of you. It comes out as Pika Pika, Pika P, but I know what he was saying. <laughs> I've taken lessons in how to speak Pokemon. <laughs> it's I have a bed that teaches me Pokemon language while I sleep. It's 151 different languages, and that's only right now, because my father has told me there will be additional generations. Oh, it looks like his father does work at Nintendo. <laughs> Until I had him assassinated. <sighs> as being a threat to my Pokemons. All right, bye. <laughs>